Albertans head to the polls today as Danielle Smith's United Conservatives have a slight edge on Rachel Notley's NDP in the latest polls. A city councillor in Pickering, Ontario is taking a stand against gender ideology and has attracted the ire of radical trans activists. Toronto's York University claims Christianity fuels colonialism and referred to the religion as an ideology. Hello Canada, it's Monday, May 29th and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Alberta will head to the polls today to elect its next premier. Polls open at 9 a.m. Mountain Time and close at 8 p.m. The latest polls indicate a very close race between Danielle Smith's UCP and Rachel Notley's NDP, though the Conservatives have a slight edge. According to the latest polling by Abacus Data, the UCP should win today with 49% of the vote, and the pollster predicts the NDP will have 48% of the vote. United Conservative Party leader Danielle Smith has been pretty quiet these last couple days on the campaign, having her last event on Friday. She also ran a marathon on Saturday, and she will be at the Big Four in Calgary for the campaign event on Monday night. NDP leader Rachel Notley announced that she would be heading up to Edmonton today for her party's campaign event. True North will also be coming to you live from the Big Four building in Calgary. Our coverage begins tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Time or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and will be streamed at www.tnc.news. So, Andrew, it's the question that everyone has been asking themselves throughout the whole campaign. Do you trust the polling here? What do you think is going to happen tonight? I trust the polling to some extent. I I think that the polling has been relatively clear that we're looking at a a UCP victory, although the margin is, I I think, anyone's guess in in some ways because there are a few seats that could go either way. I think one thing we do know is that the UCP had an absolutely incredible showing in 2019. They are going to lose seats, so that's not really a surprise, and I think it's always been the case that there was only one way to go. But I I still think they're going to have at least a, a buffer of a few seats. So it's not going to be that real nail biter where, you know, once they take the Speaker of the House uh, and choose them, it becomes a tie. I I think they're going to have a little bit more than that. But again, sometimes we can be very surprised. Sure. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, maybe 50 seats, but some people are guessing as low as 45, in which case, once you do remove a seat for the Speaker, they're looking at a pretty slim majority there. And a lot of people are even calculating with Jennifer Johnson in that final seat count. Of course, she has said she will sit as an independent after a controversy later during the election campaign. So I'm excited to see the results tonight. Polling in Alberta typically is not as good as it is in the other provinces. It seems a lot of pollsters have a hard time really grasping the conservative vote here and reaching conservative voters who traditionally don't do these online polls types of things. And that's why Janet Brown has been so successful and well-established in the province. And she typically pegs the conservative vote as quite a bit higher than her competitors. So it's one of those things where really no one can say they know what's going to happen tonight. And I think all of us are going to be very eager to see the results come in. 
Yeah, and just to reiterate, we're going to be going live all night long until we have a result. Uh, we're going to be setting up at the UCP headquarters, but obviously we'll be covering all the races and, and all the results. And and I there are still, I should say, some pollsters that have called for an NDP win. Now, one of them, quite bizarrely, was uh, Main Street's uh, big uh, chief executive there, Keto Maggie, who uh, called for an NDP win despite his own firm calling for a UCP win. So I guess some people may be reading into the numbers things that others aren't. Yeah, I don't know if any other pollsters actually called for an NDP win. He certainly is standing by his claims. I listened to a Twitter space with him yesterday and he's saying he thinks that the vote in Calgary is going to show up in greater numbers for the NDP than for the UCP, which would, of course, cause problems for Daniel Smith's conservatives. So it'll be interesting to watch. I think a riding to look at is Tyler Shandro's riding. If that riding goes to the NDP, I think the party will see some slippage around all of Calgary. A lone Pickering, Ontario City Councillor is under fire for taking a stand against gender ideology by wanting to restrict drag queen entertainment to those over 19 years of age. Councillor Lisa Robinson has attracted the ire of trans activists and some of her fellow city councillors after she voted against a motion in support of pride events throughout Pickering and the Durham region. Robinson told Durham Radio News that, quote, to me, a drag show or a pride event is an adult live performance. These drag performers, they get paid to perform, and the only ones that can go and see them in any other place would be at a bar or some kind of an event like that, and you have to be over the age of 19. If they want to drop it down to the age of 15, I'm sure a lot of parents would find that would also be an acceptable age, unquote. Robinson also wants to limit flags at government buildings only to official, municipal, provincial, or national flags, obviously a swipe at pride flags. And drag queen events for children, we should say, have become quite common in Ontario and quite politicized. As True North reported last week, nearly half a dozen libraries have partnered with the Durham Children's Aid Society to put on on drag shows for kids, including Oshawa Public Libraries, Whitby Public Library, the Pickering Library, Brock Library, and elsewhere as well. Uh, You know, I think the interesting thing about the backlash here, Rachel, is that she's doing what democracies are supposed to be about, which is debating issues. And on something like this, it's amazing that we've gone from something that was relatively uncommon a few years ago, this idea of drag shows for kids, to something that now you are a pariah if you dare criticize. Well, that's exactly it. And she's also taking a fairly common sense approach to this issue. She's saying these types of events typically happen in bars. And when we look at the nature of a drag queen, it is something that is inherently sexual. You can't even look up a drag queen online. Lindsay and I actually talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. You can't look up a drag queen online without finding their images Typically, there's a lot of sexual photos of them on their Instagram accounts and things like that. So even when you've removed this situation from a bar into a library, you can't remove the sexual nature of a drag queen. That is essentially what the premise of them was, and it's become a very widespread popular thing now, and I just don't know why we need to have kids at these types of events. I also think it's very telling that in Florida, when Governor Ron DeSantis said no more pride parades for children, they just said, oh, well, we're just going to cancel the pride parades all together. It's like, well, you could have gone ahead with your event. We're just establishing that this is only for adults now. 
Yeah, and I mean, just to give some Ontario context here, this is a province in which the NDP have proposed to ban protesting drag shows. They've proposed to ban people who say, you know what, I don't like this being there for kids, similar to what uh, has, has happened in Calgary for people paying attention there. And ultimately, it's quite disturbing the level of uh, intolerance for dissent on this, an intolerance for parents, and many of them aren't, you know, particularly religious or even particularly political, saying, you know, I've got a bit of an issue with my kids seeing this. Yeah, exactly. I think the NDP proposed a very similar policy to Calgary where you still can protest, but you have to be a certain 100 meters, I believe it is, away from the event where the protest is happening. So you certainly can't go inside the library. You can't be anywhere near the doors and wave your signs at people that are entering. You have to be pretty far removed from the actual protest so people can come and go without having to be bothered by your dissent, so to speak. Toronto's York University claimed in its recently released Decolonizing Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Strategy document that Christianity fuels colonialism and refer to the religion practiced by millions of Canadians as an ideology. The university report claims colonialism is, quote, driven by an excessive need for power and control of land, people and resources to achieve economic gain, and that it dominates all aspects of life. The report then lumps Christianity with, quote, white supremacy, capitalism, and imperialism. York Deputy Spokesperson Yanni Dagonis defended the university's claims in an email to True North. Dagonis said, quote, This should not be seen as a commentary on individuals of Christian faith, but rather as a recognition of the responsibility to examine traditional power structures and to address unfair treatment of any community member within these structures. York's anti-Christian statement comes amid hate crimes against Catholics being on the rise in Canada and Christianity continuing to be the world's most persecuted religion. So, Andrew, this kind of ties in with the story we just discussed in which people can put forward these claims, they can put forward these discussion points, and we can absolutely have a discussion on this. I personally disagree, but... I don't think it's wrong that this person put forward these claims and that we can discuss them. The only thing is we are really only seeing this type of rhetoric in universities right now, very anti-Christian sentiments being pushed at students in university. And there's just not a lot of other space for other things to be discussed. And certainly you wouldn't see this type of criticism of Islam, for example, in universities right now. No, and I think that's a, a very, very important point here, that there is one religion that you are allowed to beat up on, and, and that's Christianity. Now, I don't encourage beating up on any religions, but I will say that I believe in academic freedom. So when I first saw the headline, I was thinking, okay, well, you know what, I think professors should be allowed to say crazy things. This is not a professor that's putting this out. This is the university itself putting it out, as you mentioned, in the decolonization equity, diversity, and inclusion strategy. And I, I think that actually is even more concerning here because this is the baseline from which the university is operating that uh, Christianity is just part of the big power structure. Well, I would say try being a Christian on a university campus and you'll find that you're not exactly in a powerful position. No, exactly. And the fact that York University is releasing this on behalf of the university, I can only imagine how uncomfortable students of the Christian faith attending that university must feel in a university where they already, let's just be honest, are feeling marginalized, they're feeling pretty set apart. There's not a lot of religion on university campuses nowadays. Speaking from experience, I know what the university culture is like. So 
Christian students, religious students, really any student that upholds their religion and is practicing, they're probably going to be a minority among their peers. A lot of people, when they attend university, kind of take a break from practicing religion unless they were always very serious about it. And so they might be kind of on their own practicing their religion and then their university, which they're paying a lot of money to go to, comes out with a policy like this, further marginalizing them. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.